Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For sure, the Thundercats hairstyles popped up on me. Uh, still do. You know, mm-hmm. look at this big mop of hair that I have right now. It's it's still present. You can look <laughs> at various pictures of me over my life and see how my hairstyle, this year it's Lion-O. This year it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's Wily Cat. This year it's Shatara. And also in that kimono, if you ran away really fast right now, I think it would leave a light trail behind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am Trevor Campbell, and this is You Made Me Queer, the show where queer folks put wheel clamps on the dim sum cart because this is going to take a while. That's right. Every episode, I invite... God, I love dim sum. I invite a fantastic 2S LGBTQIA plus guest to point the finger of blame at who and or what made them queer. We have one trick. We are a pony. This is our dressage where we do our one trick. And that trick today is welcoming a special guest. But before I get there, any news I want to share with you? Any news? Let's see. Oh, how about this? Recently, I saw some buskers, uh, buskers from France who were doing a very exciting sort of acrobatic act in the street. They were from France. They were all very attractive, which is neither here nor there. But I was watching it, and this happens to be a lot, Maybe because I'm a Sagittarius. But when I see someone do something, I think, oh, maybe that's what I should be doing. Maybe that's the job I want. It happens with everything. And as I watched these street performers, you know, really outperform me athletically in every possible way, there's, there's no element of that movement that I could recreate in any capacity. But I watched them and I was like, what would my street performer gimmick be? Like, what could I, is there any sort of like physical act I could do? I can do a yoga handstand, but that, you know, you have to fill like a 45 minute set. So I don't know if that would really do it. I do like to kind of dance around. I almost said prance around, which is, you could call it that too. But I can definitely talk until everyone dies from age. And I can kind of spin around a lot. So maybe it would be something with music. But I would like it to involve some sort of spectacle, like balloons. I could maybe learn to to tie balloons into things. I could gather enough helium balloons that I kind of float a little bit off the ground and then just talk like this. Maybe that's how I'll do the show from now on. A foot off the ground, (laughs) suspended by 30 helium balloons. There you go. Aren't you glad I stopped this and filled you in on (laughs) what's new with me? 
apparently not not doing great mentally not doing great but you know who is my beautiful guest my wonderful guest today is someone i've been chasing like a old rat to get on this show for a long time and it was very hard to do because he is in demand but i finally did it i finally trapped him and got him on you made me queer so my guest today is Ryan G. Hines. Everyone loves Ryan. Ryan's someone that walks into a room and everyone kind of perks up. Ryan is a lot of fun. Ryan knows everyone. Ryan is uh, sort of like a human battery in the sweetest, least chemically filled, most sustainable way, which is funnily enough, not Ryan's official bio, but this is Ryan G. Hines. What does the G stand for? You're going to have to ask him. Is a critically acclaimed theater artist, boy oh boy is he ever, who has worked at the Stratford Festival, Buddies in Bad Times, Summerworks Festival, and on and on and on, all over the place. Notably, he's one of only a few people to have been in the movie version as a headhead and the stage production as Hedwig of Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which is queer theater and film legacy canon. One of my favorite, favorite works, which strangely I got to see in Berlin, like at the, the Checkpoint Charlie sort of demilitarized zone, which, you know, was a poignant place to see it due to the story of itself. I'm assuming you've all seen the film or the theater production. It was in German, which I don't speak, but uh, wow. That was something. That was a good show. Oh, also, while we're talking about Hedwig, Ryan is proud to have been the first black actor to play the role of Hedwig. Well, how about that? His festival work has been seen across the country and in the U.S. and Brazil. He has performed with Liza Minnelli. Yeah, Tadra Call, Debbie Reynolds, Billy Stritch, Lady Bunny, and many more. And if you're in the Toronto area this summer, you can catch Ryan in the 40th anniversary of Canadian Stages Dream in High Park, which we just love. Anyway, this is a fun little interview. Uh, we kind of get stuck at the first stop for a long time because there's just so much to pull out. It's really delightful. Sometimes, you know, we cover many, many, many topics in an episode. And sometimes the first one is so rich, we just, you know, unfold our camping chair and get comfortable. And that's what we do today. So get out your camping chairs, ye outdoors folk who listen to this podcast. Is that my demo? Is it the Coleman Lantern crew? Anyway, enjoy this episode and enjoy my conversation with the deliciously queer Ryan G. Hines. Ryan, you never disappoint. I'm very happy because your shirt game, that's a that's a colorful, wonderful shirt. I'm even about to make your day even more. It's not a shirt. It's a big, like, kimono, droopy, oh. sleevey wrap thing. Um, it, today is, uh, so we're recording on Monday, uh, and I'm doing a play right now. And so Monday is traditionally the off day for theater folks. So mm -hmm. you find me at noon at my most comfortable at home, leisurely uh, <laughs> floating around my living room. So I thought it would be appropriate. You're worth it. You're worth it. The Golden Girls could never. Folks are really missing out. This is like the flowiest of the flowy garments. <laughs> I love it. And I'm and I'm I feel bad now. I'm wearing a 
a very structured shirt. There's no flow. But you look gorgeous in it. And that's, you know, what clothes do. Even even when we're at our most comfortable, shall we say, uh, they should uh, give us a, a good sense of self. And I like a good flowy garment. You look stunning in a structured <laughs> garment. So we're we're two of a pair. This is the yin and the yang, the perfect balance on the seesaw. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is, I'm, I sometimes chatter a little more, but I'm going to seize this segue because I think it is ripe for the plucking. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, in the world around us, we have the yins, we have the yangs. We imagine that everything is in perfect balance, uh, but now we know that uh, someone had their hand on the scale. Something was off kilter. Someone was weighing us down until we became big queer monsters. You're nodding. This is great. You're in agreement. Monsters is actually a, a great a great terminology for what I think had the, the finger on my personal scale. Because... <laughs> Uh, when I was a kid, there was nothing that I looked Now, hang forward. on. This was my fault because I have to say the magic words before you burst through with this story. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Great. No, that's okay. That's okay. I just, I, I took too long of a breath. Uh, and I'm really stuck in the phrase finger on my scale, which I think needs to be a Mary Oliver poem and a Britney Spears comeback song. So, Ryan, here we are, <laughs> fingers on the scales, flowy garments, structured garments, all garments are welcome. Tell me once and for all, Ryan G. Hines, who and or what made you queer? Thundercats, the oh. 80s TV show, the cartoon that was a hybrid of human beings and various forms of both domestic and wild cats <laughs> facing off against monsters and mutants, some of legendary design, some of cartoon design. But there is absolutely things in that in that world that made me the queer person I am today. I love this so much. Yes, we've, I mean, I immediately go to Lionel, but I know there were many cats there. And I do love, and we constantly talk about in the show, an anthropomorphized animal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's something about childhood, I think, that appeals to us with these anthropomorph, uh, I can't even say that word, but you know the word I'm trying to say, when it when it's an animal and a human in one, and they're talking and working and dancing and, and, and being friends in human ways, but look like animals and have clothes <laughs> on with tools and jobs and tasks. <laughs> tools and jobs and tasks. And for folks who maybe are having a stress response to this conversation because of their relationship to the film Cats, I want you to imagine a world where it's more palatable. And Ryan, listen, I know you have a, a relationship with Cats. I'm not here to challenge it. I don't know how you feel about the film. I love Cats the musical, but Cats the film, I just... It just broke my heart with how bad it was. <laughs> but even I would even say my love for Cats the Musical, you know, it was endorsed by my love of Thundercats. So when right. I was a kid, I lived in a very feline world. Uh, I always had cats. I was drawn to cats. I was mesmerized by them. I love to play with them, whether real ones or, or, or toy ones. And watching them, uh, whether on stage in the musical Cats or on TV in Thundercats was my idea of a great time. Oh boy, but me too. Now, did you have a cat as a child? 
I certainly did. My first cat was Inky. Inky was a cat that we inherited from a family friend. And Inky was older when we got her. She was kind of at the at the tail end, no pun intended, of her life. But I think Inky was kind of the tester. Like, will this child function well with a cat? Will a cat be a, a nice addition to, uh, to the home? Uh, and we did. And so our next cat was also an all-Black cat called Nero. And Ooh. Nero was a, a, a farm cat, uh, was the sweetest thing, really, really friendly and cuddly, but still wild. Every time we let him out, he'd come home with a bird. He was notorious for catching blue jays and like big, big, really wily birds. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, so Nero was my my childhood cat. And then in adulthood, I had cats like Melody and Bobby. And currently I have yet another all black cat named Sammy. And Sammy is the joy of my life. I just love him so much. I mean, these names are real great. Also, Nero, like the Roman emperor who allegedly played the fiddle while Rome burned. That's right. That's right. And we called him Nero because uh, after we got him, I wanted to name him Cleopatra. But then uh, my mom was like, oh, this is this is a boy cat. So we have to come up with a boy name. And Nero was the first kind of like historical name that uh, that we came up with. And then the next day after we named him, we found a poem in a book about cats uh, about a cat named Nero. So it was uh, it was uh, destined to be. Oh, my God. Uh, that is the like one of the most precocious queer child names to give a cat. Everyone out there thrown around with like uh, sparkly or whatever. And Ryan <laughs> comes through with Nero, second only to Cleopatra. Historical precedent for the names of cats. That's what it's all about. Yes, lineage. Okay, so uh, tell me how old you were in Thundercats era. And do you remember sort of the your early exposure to it. Take me through that experience. Well, it's 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 mid eighties, right? When I was a kid, uh, and so great time for cartoons with toys. <laughs> yeah, we had we had things like the Smurfs were on, He Man was on, Shira was on, all all those kinds of shows. And so, if you were into uh, any of those. Thundercats was was you know considered of, of the same ilk. If you're if you watch those, you would you would love Thundercats. So uh, I actually watched uh, the very first time it was on because I I had seen the commercials and as soon as the theme song starts, it's so exciting. It has one of the <laughs> one of the classic theme songs. Um, Is it the Thunder 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 Cats? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But before we get to that part, it's this big dun 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 dun. dun Thundercats are loose, and it's this kind of like disco hangover because it's the early '80s, so we still haven't quite recovered from the '70s. Right. It's a bit solid gold. Yeah. The words are very much like, like, feel the magic, hear the roar. Thundercats are loose. Oh. So even before we get to the action of the show itself, the theme song already has us hyped up. And then when he says, thunder, 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 thundercats, ho, and his big phallic sword shoots a <laughs> ray out into the air, you're just like, this is this is what I've been waiting for. This is it. This is right. this is now 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 I've I found my family. <laughs> That's right. Cats from space. <laughs> In the episode, as each uh, character came on, uh, all of their names were similar. You had Lionel. You had Panthro. You had Chitara. You had Tigro. You had Wily Kit and Wily Cat, and they all had 
fabulous bouffant hair. Every <laughs> single one of them was just a, a hairdresser's dream, except for Panthro, who had a smooth, bald head and was so Ooh. sexy because of it. So already- I'm giving Panthro vibes, am I right? You are, you Thank are. You. I didn't want to say anything, but like, <laughs> don't bust out a pair of nunchucks and start doing martial arts on a man lizard in front of me. I mean, we've um, just gotten started. Who knows what's in store? <laughs> but so like right out the gate from the very, very top, we're introduced to these very, uh, very glamorous, very kind of a of, of the moment style. When you look at the hairstyles of Thundercats, you can see the hairstyles of Dynasty. You can see the the hairstyles <laughs> of, 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 of Dallas, of the Colbys, like that yeah, era yeah. Of, of big, big, big with these beautiful, beautiful bodies that emphasized um, strength and capability and purpose. And they were just so exciting to watch. I just wanted to, to, to live in that world. Yeah, and I think there's something inherently, it's again, because I said, and I'm probably mispronouncing this, but anthropomorphized animals come up in this show a lot, where like people have a weird sort of erotic charge to them sometimes. It's like, A, it goes around like a gender binary, I think, because we think of animals in a bit of a different way, but also just by nature of the being like hairy or wild or whatever, there's a feral quality to them all that like, even in their cartooniest, biggest eyed form, you just want to get a bit close to them. And just the way we touch animals constantly. Absolutely, absolutely. I always wanted to play with a Thundercat's hair. They would be, they would be doing their fights or or in a scene, and uh, the animation was great because you could see the hair moving in the wind or moving with their movements. It wasn't just a like a static, a static hairstyle. Yeah, and I, I it made me want to be really tactile with it. I want, I always wanted to bury my hands in Lionel's beautiful red hair. And first of all, I think I called Lion-O Lionel, which I'm realizing today for the first time is incorrect. So I'll go with Lion-O. Mm -hmm. And they, do you know canonically yeah. how old these characters were? Because in my, in my mind, they had adult bodies, but were they teenagers or oh. something? So they were absolutely were adults, except for Wily Kit and Wily Cat, who were the, the the kids of the show, the the teens who were much younger than everybody else. Yes. And Wiley Kid and, and Wiley Cat were some of my favorite characters, actually. And as an adult, I kind of recognize the uh them for the archetypes uh, that they are, but very much like like Baby Twink and Baby Dyke is what those <laughs> characters were serving. And it's very, very obvious when they're in scenes with the adult Thundercats. Well, in what way? How are they serving Baby Twink and Baby Dyke? Uh, well, I don't remember those two that well. Well, it, it, if you if you look at their style, um, Wily Cat is every party monster, uh, club <laughs> goer um, uh, would uh, would have been so sad when Fly closed here in Toronto a few years ago. R.I.P. Would have had would, would have had the glow sticks, um, all of that, and Wily Kit is this very, uh, very um, uh, tumbling, acrobatic, uh, athletic uh, uh, baby dyke, serving full full baby dyke. A uh, yes. little bit tomboy, a little bit yeah, tomboy, sure. actually more than a little bit tomboy. But again, what was cute about it, looking back as an adult, is the friendship between those two things. Like, 
what's great about queer people is how much we all need each other and how much we all love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two characters depended on each other so uh, so much. So it's just it was nice to nice to see that in action. Well, they kind of had to because those names too. It's like are they were they a family? What what? Ryan, quick question: What are the Thundercats? Yes. <laughs> so uh, the Thundercats uh, were uh, a family. The Thundercats were a pride, using the Lion King terminology of mm-hmm. you know pride of lions kind of thing. That's um, pretty queer too. Yeah, yeah. In my memory, Wiley Kit and Wiley Cat were uh, brother and sister. They may have actually have been twins now that I I think about it. That tracks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, you know, it's uh, the magic of of 80s TV. You're of the same pride, but you're also different species. Because, you know, Panthro is obviously a panther, which is different from a lion, which is different from a cheetah, which is different from a, a tiger. But yet they were all close. They were all close, and I'm also, I just fact-checked this, they were siblings. I'm not sure if they were twins exactly, but yeah, definitely siblings. And this cartoon too, because as you said, the She-Ra's and the He-Man's, cartoons a little less so now. In the 80s, they were heavily gendered, I think especially because they wanted to sell you the toys, so they had to make it super clear, mm-hmm. like, who is this for? Don't accidentally buy the toy for the wrong gender child, God forbid. Uh, that's one of the great things about uh, the family that I grew up in. My mom was super supportive and, you know, bought me all of the Gem and the Holograms, bought me all of the She-Ra's as well as the He-Man. Yes. I was never in a position where I was ashamed to play with with dolls or ashamed to play with uh, uh, with with the girl dolls. Um, my only, the only thing that I wasn't allowed to play with was Barbie because my mom thought Barbie wasn't a, a great a great role model in the right. same way that She-Ra was or Wonder Woman was, or, or I was really into Gem and the Holograms or, or Gem and the Holograms were. Same. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause it's the concern wasn't like who, you know, the gender performance of toys, which again, insane. This is something we worry about, but it was just like, yeah, you strong. We have strong women. We have equal opportunity women, Barbie, you know, soon after this record maybe will be revolutionized in the pop culture sphere <laughs> with the film but at the time was like at best a secretary for a day mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah. whereas whereas with that with Shira, it was about the strength of the women with gem and the holograms it was about these singers taking on the corporate music world and and yes. being skilled skilled musicians and that was so exciting uh-huh. um uh, wonder woman was another uh, another big fave with me and when you look at wonder woman and you look at uh chitara from the thundercats they run in the same way uh and it's it's exciting to kind of do like like side by side comparisons when you can kind of see how I don't think in real life they inspired each other, but to me as a kid, they were absolutely linked. They were kind of of, of, of the same bubble. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting because I think a lot of the cartoons I love too, and like Gem for sure, big time Gem fan, or Sailor Moon or whatever and things like that. But a lot of the ones the queer kids love have a big transformation or a secret identity kind of thing that speaks to us on a coded level. Thundercats were always Thundercats, right? They never transformed. 
they were always Thundercats, but they had these moments when their powers would come upon them. <laughs> Ryan just did this like, like, uh, like <laughs> BB New Earth stage entrance with like arms above their shoulders. That was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, when the Thundercats uh, powerize and mm. and 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 their powers arrive, the the Thunder Thunder Thundercats ho. It's a great moment because it's not just him leading a battle cry. He holds his sword aloft and it shoots out a big ray. And then the ray swirls around him. And so it's giving transformation energy. It's giving power up, motivation, okay. let's go energy. But he's still Lionel. He's not a different person. Right. He's just a he's just a stronger, more capable, ready for uh ready for battle Lionel. And it was always so exciting. I love this. Lionel's been to therapy. It's integrated. You don't have to fragment those personas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Lionel was a, a, a whole person. All one. All one. So was Lionel your favorite? Uh, I loved uh, I loved Panthro. Uh, there's okay. something about Panthro's. Uh, Panthro was a, a, a bulkier, more muscular Thundercat than the than the others. Um, he if, if we're if, if we use probably outdated terms uh, now for bodies like like ectomorph and then what's the other one endomorph sure um he he wasn't he wasn't an ectomorph he was strong stout solidly built muscles um big 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 biceps whereas the other thundercats were were kind of like long and lithe and 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 uh, runners and swimmers whereas oh. panthro was more of a uh, a boxer nunchucks kind of guy Yes, and what you're conveniently leaving out for some reason is that Panthro was also wearing like a Tom of Finland blue leather harness at all times. Yes, there <laughs> is that as a matter of <laughs> coincidentally, <laughs> the better to fight your enemies with. I guess. It's so important for combat to really have, you know, that tight leather harness on. <laughs> Woof. I know, just so, just so, so exciting. And of course, when he was battling the mutants, you know, you would see those muscles bulging. You would see his sweat flying. It was very, it was very, very exciting. But, you know, I also loved uh, uh, Chitara. Uh, I've yeah. always loved women uh, like that. I've mentioned Wonder Woman before. Um, and sorry, Wonder Woman, was this the OG, like, live action Linda Hamilton? Is that right? No. Uh, Linda Carter. Linda, Linda Carter. Carter. Linda Hamilton's from Terminator. L Linda Hamilton, Beauty and the Beast, <laughs> if you yes. remember that show. Yeah. Oh, the live action one. Oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, that's another show I love, but that we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that one another time. Or, original. We love Beauty and the Beast. Okay. Original Linda Carter one. And so there's something about uh, Shatara's strength. Her style, her agility. Um, she uh, she was the first example of something that I, uh, I've seen in animation and in action films that is I've actually really really come to love. It's an exciting exciting aesthetic for me, which is when somebody is running or in movement, there there's a a trail of light behind them, or you see their oh. like kinetic waves behind them. And, you know, you can see that, you definitely see that in Wonder Woman. You see that with Olivia Newton-John and Xanadu. Sure. Oh, she's like king of the light trail. Yeah. Queen of the light trail. Yeah. And there's something about that so, so wonderful and exciting to me. But I also loved Wily Kid and Wily Cat. Like, there was something about, about like, uh, I've always loved a double act, you know, when people, people are, are, are working in, in tandem. And, of course, Tigro. Tigro had this beautiful... Uh, 
tiger print hairstyle that was very, very sleek and very, very stylish. I thought he was so handsome. Mm. Um, and Lionel as leader, I loved him too. You know, it's really hard to pick a favorite, I have to say. You just named every character. I yeah, did. no, you know, you like them all. You like them all. Yeah. And you were, remind me how old you were when you were enjoying the show, like seven or eight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this this would have been like uh, like mid to mid late eighties. So yeah, around there, seven and eight. Yeah, that tracks. We're almost the same age, and I was yeah definitely watching it big time. Okay, so were these just sort of like quote unquote role models? Did anything about that feel sexualized for you, or you were too young? Absolutely, they did. You can look <laughs> at various pictures of me over my life. And see how my hairstyle this year it's Lion-O. This year it's <laughs> it's 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 Wiley Cat. This year it's Shatara. I ha- I um a thing with me, if, if I'm into something, whether it's Thundercats or Cats the Musical or 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 what what whatever it is, I really personalize it. It becomes really, really, it really imprints itself onto me. And I really try to find the, the things about it that I love and emulate them in my own life. And so for sure, the Thundercats hairstyles popped up on me, uh, still do, you mm-hmm. know, look at this big mop of hair that I have right now. It's it's still present. Um, I'm getting some but- Thundercats energy. And also in that kimono, if you ran away really fast right now, I think it would leave a light trail behind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, like uh, like I'll talk about Lionel again, this this idea of, of leadership energy. Um, I haven't always consciously sought it out. But a number of times in my life, I have ended up as the leader, the person at the front of the front of the pride float, the person chairing the meeting, the person kind of running the room kind of thing. And in situations like that, I absolutely think about, OK, who are some of the uh, the strongest leaders, the most effective leaders that I can think of? And it's moments like that. People like Lionel. Absolutely. Get out. No way. Still inspires you. Still. Because because you see the kindness, you see the way that he listens to everybody, you see the way that he knows what every person's individual skill is and gets them a moment to, to shine and really understands the idea of teamwork. Lionel would be nothing without the Thundercats. And so I'm like, I'm 43 now, I'm going to be 44 in September. And still to this day, I, I, I think about leadership role models like that. I love this so much because I've seen you command a room many times before and, you know, your residencies of buddies or all of the things you do. And now every time I see you come in like a boss, all I'm going to be thinking is Ryan's thinking about Lino. (laughs) Ryan's thinking about a cartoon cat. Yeah. And I'll give you a secret. I'll give you a secret. You can actually track how strong my lion feeling is with how big my hair gets and okay. it, it, it sounds funny but it's 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 for real when i'm feeling really powerful when i'm feeling really myself when i really want to make an impact it's the buffant uh, i specifically try to see how many inches off the top of my head i can get yes get the height yeah and with with other moments, it's at, it's uh, absolutely about you know combing my hair down, slicking it back, bringing it bringing it back down to earth a bit. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You got to bring the flavors. Who Ryan do you think would win in a fight, the Thundercats or cats? Oh well, see, you're asking me to pick my favorite child. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Thundercats because the cats of cats 
they're dancers. They're not fighters. They're not scrappers. But, they're mm-hmm. they're there to mm-hmm. celebrate. They're there for the jellical ball. It's not a jellical rumble, you know. The yes, but they they old fighters. This is true, but you know, as anyone who knows a ballet dancer knows, you are incredibly strong. Absolutely, and all of those cats could absolutely kick some butt. But okay, Thundercats. Yeah. Final answer. And also, the Thundercats have weapons. You know, they've got like stabs and nunchucks and yeah. big swords and and lariats and and um and uh, cats just that? have capizio splitzel jazz shoes which is its own form of weapon but maybe <laughs> not the strongest to take yes. on <laughs> you made me queer you made me queer we'll be right back Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And now back to more You Made Me Queer. You made me queer. Okay, so you <laughs> took me through Thundercats. You took me through Gem and Wonder Woman. So we have all these like early TV shows. Anything mm-hmm. else you want to throw into the bus? Oh, absolutely. Um, never ending story was a, a big thing for me when I was a kid, when I even younger, even even predating the Thundercats. Yeah. Um, there is the character of of Atreyu. When I was a kid, when I was a, a little, little boy, I was so in love with Atreyu, like mm-hmm. like 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 four or five, six year old me was so like uh romantically attracted to Atreyu, this noble warrior who was so beautiful and so soft with with her long hair and really, really kind of androgynous, both from a gender perspective, but also uh, ethnically, you kind of look at them and you're like, I I can't I can't tell what what you are. Yeah. And uh, the running joke in uh, in my circle of friends who've known me for a very, very, very long time is I tend to date Atreyu types where the <laughs> they always have a horse sinking into the mud yeah. the the gender is kind of indeterminate and the ethnicity is kind of indeterminate but mm-hmm. the glamour factor is really cranked up the oh, the yeah. emotional sad boy factor is really really cranked up we love a sad boy even outside of atreyu you have that beautiful luck dragon that was scary for a lot of kids i think yeah. But for me, there was something there was something about Falcor that was so wonderful. And again, it's that the it's that idea of is he a dog or a snake? Like what what is he? That that kind of that kind of uh we're actually not sure what what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um I've always found that a, a a really, really wonderful idea. And of course, the idea of of the world coming to an end and it being so scary, and you're fighting so hard for this thing and you're failing at it, you're losing, and then it does in fact end, but then the the world that comes after is even bigger and better than anything you could have imagined. Oh, yeah. That idea really inspired me as a child. That's really, that's a beautiful idea. I remember that movie well. I was more, what's his name? Sebastian, the boy? Uh, Bastion. Bastion, Bastion yeah. yeah. The, there were, he gets bullied pretty hard. And I was like, I, f- I feel you. I feel you. Mm-hmm. But that movie, I remember striking me as a kid because of the amount of time it spent with them, like 
losing the battle. It was like, mm-hmm. there's so much failure in that movie. And as I said, horses sink in the mud. And and I remember the princess just being like, so we, we're losing. <laughs> the results are in and we're losing. <laughs> and you really have to sit there as a child and be like, oh, like this is this is hard. Life is hard. Yeah. In a way they didn't gloss over, which I think, you know, queer queer kids, that feels familiar. Yes. Queer kids and queer adults, you know, it's, sure. it's it, it, it that feeling doesn't go away in my experience because there's always going to be times when we feel like we're losing the battle or our rights are being stripped back or or times are regressing. Certainly in 2023, I feel that way yes. all the time. <laughs> I was just going to say, woof. All the, all the time. Yeah, we're there now. But holding on to that idea that just ahead of us is a, a time or a, a, a success or something coming up that is going to be so much better than anything we can we can dream of right now, that is, that's a fire that that pushes me forward. So there's a lot of, I took a lot of my queer energy from, from never ending story as well. Oh, I love that so much. I needed to hear that today. Uh, that's the soundbite. Do you really, do you really believe that? Well, uh, because you've known me for a long time, I, I, I think, you know, that that's how I live my life. I have been through a lot of awful times in my life. <laughs> And I think, uh, in, in, in the looking back just in the, in the past three years, um, uh, my mother died, a pandemic happened. I watched the career that I've worked so hard to build crumble into nothing because theaters weren't open during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I broke my ankle, but all through that time, I kept thinking there is going to be a time when life is good and life is better than it is now. And here we are in summer 2023. And in many ways, that time has arrived. You know, you you learn to deal with loss. You learn how to put things back together after after they break and crumble. Mm-hmm. You learn that if your body is is injured or or, or 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 sick, there's ways to there's ways to heal it, and there's ways to to bring it back to the thing you need it to be. Mm-hmm. So. Although like that's a very kind of like big picture take on it, but it, it's that idea again of always just ahead, just ahead is the real prize. And so I'm not going to waste time losing myself in this very, very sad moment that I'm in because I know right ahead is the light if I just keep going through the darkness. I love that. I believe that from you 100%. And, you know, everyone has their different kind of touchstones in the queer community or whatever. And you've always been one for me with that idea. You make me feel that way, just seeing the art you put out in the world and the attitude you have, and certainly the way you dress, please. (laughs) Um, Now, listen, unfortunately, we are running towards the end of our time. Before I take you to the final segment, anything else you want to blame in a rapid fire format? Uh, Gem and the holograms addicted me to neon and glitter. When you see me with (sighs) glitter on, that's because of Gem and the holograms. Uh, Cats the Musical is my touchstone in life. Oddly, the Chronicles of Narnia as well. I Ooh. I love I love Narnia. I, that universe is very real, very alive, very actual to me. You reclaimed Paris, it from the Christians. Yes, yes. <laughs> Paris is burning as well. A oh. touchstone for me in a, in in a and uh, some interesting ways because I think a lot of people watch it and and pull the humor and pull the the fun and glamour stuff from it. I watch it and it breaks my heart how many of those people are no longer around 
or yeah. or didn't get to enjoy the the iconic heritage uh, of, of that film. So that's yeah. also something that inspires me to uh, to live fully present in my queerness as I define it for myself and move forward through uh, uh, through the world. I love seeing how much of a resurgence that movie has had. I saw a screening of that movie at the Castro in San Francisco, Castro Theater, preceded by a drag battle on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a performer named Laqueith, I believe, who had like a six foot ponytail that they would just like whip around their head (laughs) i went with my friend brian and we were shouting so loudly and then after we were like i feel like i get the super bowl now Mm -hmm. like emotionally that was this for me absolutely absolutely it's still doing it the movie's still doing it yeah there's an epic timeless feeling to that movie even though it's so clearly rooted uh, uh, in 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 the time it is um yes. i'm a i'm a spice girls fan forever i you know i think the spice girls uh uh founded in me a very a very rock solid belief in friendship that isn't always borne out by real life oh, you know i was a mega fan i can't believe we just yeah. got to this with no time left i know i know i know but yeah there's a million there's a million a million fragments of my queerness as as the old saying goes i contain multitudes and i have gratitude for for the multitudes who who uh inspire me along my journey liza minnelli sylvester like there's so there's so so many performers like jackie shane performers like mark cassius here in toronto like Oh, okay. And I, this is, I love this too when folks run out of time because they just start like bubbling over. And it's such a beautiful idea that, yes, you know, all these things made us queer, quote unquote, made us queer. But just when you can like point to all of these things that, because, you know, queer is the cipher for freedom, for joy, for independence, for being alternative, for reinvention, all these things. So I love that you could cite a massive bibliography one one word you one word you left out that i will add as well is survival queerness is about Mm. survival for me i plan on being around for a long time i know we all will be around for a long time we have been for since the dawn of time and we'll be here to the dawn of time and so survival is a big one for me as well we're all going to be there in the new world, like the princess from Neverending Story wearing a little droopy tear pearl tiara. Uh, Ryan, before I let you go, would you in 44 seconds like to play a game? Absolutely. I love games. Hit me. Okay. This game is called Queer, Queerer, Queerist. Queerer, Queerist. Okay. I'm going to give you three things. Your job is to put them in order from least queer to most queer and tell me why. Okay. Thing number one. Mr. Owl, the mascot from the blow pop. Big eyed owl. He's the one who yep. who proffers the blow pop to the child. Thing number two, shepherd's pie as a food item. Okay. Thing number three, that collective moment when an audience and a stand-up performer both realize it's bombing. The event is bombing. The act is bombing. We just noticed together. In 10 seconds, put them in order, least square to most square, and why? Go. Mr. Owl is the least queer, 
because uh, even with a blow pop connection, he's still an owl. Shepherd's pie is great because <laughs> it's a really romantic dinner and I make it really nicely. So if you want to ask me on a date, I'll make it for you. Uh, and number one is the moment between comedians and audience because you want to talk about survival. You're going to have to figure out a way to get off the stage with your dignity intact. Yes, yes, yes. Winner, checking your marks, 100%. Ryan, you are in fact a queer person. Thank God. And before I let you go, very fast, anything you want to plug? Uh, I'm appearing in Midsummer Night's Dream at High Park in Toronto all summer. I'm playing uh, one of the fairies and a real-life character, but my fairy introduces the fairy world. So the queerness is present in that moment. Get your tickets. Go see it. Ryan, I want to thank you because I was very queer when this conversation started. <laughs> and talking to you has made me queerer than ever. Absolutely. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs> queer, queer, queer. That's another one in the bag, baby. Thank you so much for listening. That is our show. You can send your mail to me at youmadebequeer at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. As always, it's the same old thing. If you haven't done it yet, just go do it. Go do it now. And that's it. So, cue credits. You Made Me Queer is created and produced by me, Trevor Campbell. Our editor is Sean Ben Beaton. Our theme song is by Critty. For more from music, check out lavenderbruisers.bandcamp.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handles are at You Made Me Queer. New episodes of You Made Me Queer come out every Thursday. And from the very bottom of my very big, very bent heart, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, remember, we're here. We're queer, and it's your fault. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.